Great morning. Great morning, everybody. <laughs> hey, good, mo- good morning, Coop. Caleb, how you doing, man? I'm good, you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Can't can't complain. Can't complain. Man, how's your week been? <laughs> uh, very, very packed. Busy, packed, good, you know, productive. Another word I would use. You? Gotcha. Oh, same. Same. Uh, yeah, I got to switch, switch, switch gears a little bit. Got to cross my I's and dot my T's right now. You know, I'm, I'm more of a big picture, speed, speed guy. Like right now, I got to go a little. You said you got to go a little slower right now? Yeah, I got I got to go a little slow right now just to make sure this this part of this project goes good and then I can get back to being Coop. So uh, other than that, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, yeah, guys, today we have the uh, the book review. Um, I'm just going to let you all know that Caleb is going to start first because he's probably going to take over the podcast. Um, well, yeah, no, we're... I, I bet you I won't. I, <laughs> so far in our history, Coop brings way more heat than I do. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but, um, it's good I, heat though. I don't bring always, enough. It's always, <laughs> all right. So, uh, chapter one, um, the 120 mindset awareness. All right, Caleb, what you got, man? I'm trying to pull up my notes because I'm late. Okay, um, you good? You good? I can I can start. All right, please. Yeah, you, I got my notes, but I want you to go first. I can start. So I, I don't have mine organized by chapters. I just have my like I write down my epiphanies. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, so this one, uh, in this chapter, he talks about the inability to self-assess, right? And so, just quick backstory. So I guess this. This friend of his that he knows pretty well, Eric Thomas knows pretty well, handed out all these flyers, like everything for this music event, right? And uh, get to the event, right? And you have all these other singers going across, da da. And his friend gets up, and I guess she was just bad, like just terrible. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> he starts thinking to himself, like, why do people put themselves out there when they? You know, when other people see it, like, she, I'm sure people tell, like, no, you shouldn't do that, da, da, you know, but she doesn't listen. She goes ahead and, and she does that. And so just the, the ability to, like, self-assess yourself uh, to see where you're at, like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you need to work with? You know, and, like, this is so apparent. And it was just singing, like, this was a singing example. So I just thought of American Idol, right? You mm. have all those people that come that take time off of work, right? Like, get it real ready, and the best they do is the blooper reel, right? Which, right. at the end of the day, is still some success. I mean, you, they probably went farther than... It's success. It's not the success they were hoping exactly, for. Exactly. But it's still success. Exactly. And so, like, yeah, just the ability to self-assess is, like, just so key to what Dude, you do. Dude, that's crazy. Um, my first point that I wrote down was knowing your weaknesses makes you stronger. Mm, yeah. And and to your point, yeah, people who aren't aware, like I always think of like for me growing up and, you know, I still play, 
I still play as high a level of basketball as I can find consistently still. And I do it because I love how much, how hard it makes me work. I love the workout I get from it. And obviously, you know, sports and working out the camaraderie, the networking, the relationships you can build. Yep. But then there's always people who are still, and I almost don't hate on them for it, but they're like, you know, chasing a check still. When in all reality, it's like, man, like, you're not going to get one. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's what I thought of Yeah, is like, you, you have to know, like if this isn't going to, if this is going to work or not, but at the same time, I love the mama mentality. I love the never give up. I love the Cinderella stories. You know what I'm saying? Like the, you know, like the, uh, you know, the Grant Cardone style, like, you know, grind until you make it. Yeah. But, 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 at the end but the, yeah, I'll let you go. Sorry. No, I was, no, I was just like, accentuating your butt. Please. Yeah, but but yeah. but there has to be a point to where, like, you just have to know if you're on the right path or the wrong path. Period. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, but you know, Buster Buster Douglas. You know, when he knocked out Mike Tice, right? Like, mm. you know, Buster Douglas. You know, quick backstory. Like, his mom died. I think it was a couple days or a couple weeks before he was supposed to fight Mike Tyson, and his mom had told basically everyone that his son you know, Buster Dulles is going to beat Mike Tyson and then she died, you know? And so like he had to make a choice. Buster Douglas can either live for his mom or just like, Oh my God, like my mom passed away. I'm not feeling good. I want to fight. Dah, dah. But he, but he found a way to still pursue, you know, what he was doing and going after it, you know? And, um, that's, that's just so powerful. But like, if you think about his story, he's a boxer, right? It's not like, his mom said he was going to go on American Idol and sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he, yeah. He's, he's, he's still in his lane, you know? So that's what we mean when we say self-assess. Like, are you on the right path or the wrong path? You sports, know? Sports so, is always an easy analogy to draw from. It is. It is. And, it is. And it's also, I mean, everybody wants to be an athlete or a singer, right? So yeah. it's just like you said, being honest with yourself. Um, Chapter two. Next. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have I don't have my chapters, right, Mister OCD. So okay, you gotta you, <laughs> give, give it to me, bro. All right, so cha- chapter two, the one twenty mindset: uh, greatness is upon you. And so I love this quote. Eric started off the chapter with, "Life will break you if your will isn't strong." Mm. Mm. Man, I'm just saying. Mm. I'm just Life dropping. will break you if your will isn't, isn't strong. strong. Yep, I'm just drop the mic right there. See you next week. no that's a good one though um but so in this chapter he talks about uh like failing right and he talks about failing doesn't make you a failure right yeah i forgot about that you know and uh, you know we and then he gives again you just you literally just said that sports is such an easy (laughs) analogy right you know but he talks about like um football you know other than I think it was the 1972 Miami Dolphins, whatever year they won, they went 16 and 0, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Every other team that's won the Super Bowl had at least one loss, mm-hmm. you know, and they didn't let that that uh, that loss dictate them, you know, like oh it's a loss, we gotta learn from it and just keep keep moving on. It makes you me know? think of the All Blacks too. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, like uh, the loss was just a stepping stone. Yep. I, I don't know if you want if you want to tie if we want to tie in some of these like 
you know, at the end of the chapter, they had like these uh, examples of people that like overcame adversity. You know, I don't, I don't know if we want to touch on it. Or just pass, pass on it, it. it. I want. Let's touch on what you know. You read the book. What you know? Uh, so, this is our book club. Yeah. You know, so like, what, what spoke to you? So like the they so at this chapter, um, they had the they talked about JJ Watt, right? And uh, they talked. You know, coming out of high school, I guess he was like a two star. Right. And I remember coming out like high school, the star rating, like, oh, my God, my two, my one, like three, like, you know, but here you got, you know, probably going to go down as one of the best defensive and defensive line players in, in the history of the game. Came out of high school, two star. I mean, we all know his story at Wisconsin. And then here he is in the league, just a beast. So, like, where you're at right now doesn't mean you need to stay there. You know, like mm-hmm. if you just keep working, keep keep pushing, um, you know, and you, you see, you see, I mean, again, I hate to say NDSU, but like how many of those guys, how many stars do those guys have? You know, like and then, you know, they're going up against these big FBS schools, guys coming out of high school, maybe three, four, five stars even. Um, when it's time to get on the field, all that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's who puts in the work, you know, so. Yeah, who's man. mentally ready? Yeah, so it, the the thing about football too, just while we're here, is it's just one play at a time. Exactly, one play. Hey, sorry, Coop, I just cut out a little bit. Um, yeah, you go. The thing about football is it's just one play at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my next point. I don't know if this screws up your chapters. It's all good. <laughs> uh, it's a very hot topic. Is when he talks about. Um, you have the power to control your attitude. And um, I think that's, I think something that a lot of people don't, don't know or don't realize um, that they're doing it. And, and to me, it just comes down to positivity and negativity. Yeah. And whatever journey you're on, whatever goals you are, no matter how many highs or lows you have, specifically lows you will always have the power to control your attitude yeah that's that that's so powerful what what's that saying um like uh 10 is what happens to you and then like 90 percent is how you react to it yeah something I like think, that yeah something like that like it's just 10 percent, you know and how you respond at the end of the day is is that 10 percent can be can turn into a hundred percent or you can turn it into a one or 2%, you know, like, but yeah, that's what, that's, that's good. Like just, you have the power to control that, you know, like control how you react. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so I'm going to skip ahead here. Um, so chapter six, um, talking about minimizing errors, um, Ooh, I have that on my oh, okay. All right, so little let's... list too. <laughs> All right, so let let's uh let's let's touch on it. Um so for this one, yeah, chapter six, uh minimize error. Uh so he has a quote here by Bruce Lee. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Mm. Willing is not enough, we must do. And this is so just real quick, so this is like a new saying. Um that I'm starting to like, that's really starting to resonate to me, you know, like, you know, everyone says like knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is power. 
but I'm starting to hear people say like applied knowledge is power. Like if you have the knowledge but you don't use it, then that's really not power. Then, like, okay, you have the knowledge. What do you? What are you going to do with it? We all know people like that too, who are, you know, super knowledgeable or yeah. wise. Yep. But are just you know, not being all they can be, wasting exactly. their talents. If exactly. You will. Yep. I wrote down minimize the unforced errors. Um, that was that just that spoke big to me. Um, then it's kind of like it's kind of like if your goal is to get healthy, you know, like sleeping in. You know, if your goal is to find an off-market real estate property, not making your forty calls or some or whatever your goal is. If your goal is to start a small business. You know, not reaching out to five potential mentors per day, you know, like things like that. Like that's, that, that's just an unforced error, man. You should have just, you should have just done it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like what I wrote down, I said, didn't say eliminate. Right. And and he said, minimize. He said, minimize. Mistakes are going to happen. Mistakes are good. They're good. Help you learn. That's how you learn. But you know, like you said, you have the, like, mistake you have those mistakes that that are going to happen and then you have those that you are in control like that was a mistake that you could have controlled and not made that mistake you uh-huh. know so like no I, that was that was powerful i love that was that you did you bring that one up i don't know i just i just wrote down didn't say eliminate it was probably in the mm. book maybe maybe it was cuz i usually i usually put something at the end like a coup point or like some, something like that. Mm. So, um, okay. Uh, chapter seven, willpower, get there first. Hang on. Time out, time out, time out. Yeah. Okay. So quote from Eric Thomas again, people with phenomenal will begin with small victories. So I just want to real quick, um, so I put down here the snowball effect, right? Yep. So like when you start with a snowball, it starts little, right? And like you, you roll it up and you just kind of roll it, roll it, roll it. And before you know it, that thing is like going downhill. Momentum, man. Full speed ahead. You're going to be crazy to get, you know, but like, again, but it's, you have to know what the small victories are in your life and like build on that. You know, I feel like too many times people are looking for the big, epiphany like oh i didn't see it yet da da but like you know it can be anything like you know if you're someone that you know is doesn't have a consistent gym schedule okay make make a consistent gym schedule and it, it could be as easy as okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try and go three days during the week but for sure monday is gonna be my set day like have mondays i'm always gonna hit the gym on mondays that's mm-hmm. a that's a small victory, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you just you just build on top of that, you know. So yeah, the the small victories are are uh, are great. Um, did you have anything from this chapter? Because yeah, I, I well the snowball effect. Um, the, the snowball effect. Real quick, I was just talking with, about it with someone today. Um, you know, I. I I always talk about other things with other people that I'm interested in. And of course, real estate always comes up and people always talk about that, you know, like, yeah, like I want to get going and like quit my job in a year type of thing. Right. People always want to do that. 
But I always use the analogy of like real estate's more like that snowball, man. And, you know, your first three to five years, you're just pushing these little snowballs, moving them up a hill inch by inch. And as they grow, I mean, 15, 20 years down the road, man, that thing's just rolling. You just just stay out the way. Stay out the way. Yeah. You got to recognize those little victories. Um, But yeah, go ahead. You you said you had a point that connected. Oh, no, I have a separate point. Like Mm. it's in the same chapter, but it's a separate point. Are are we done? Are we done with this point? Roll, roll. Okay. So. The next point, so he talks about getting there first. All right, this 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 is like this is so powerful. So he gives the example of speed, you know, like being the first onto the punch, right? So he first he talked about take action. Take action. So he talk, he talks about uh football, like the play calling over the last hundred years, right? You know, like teams would you know, at the beginning, we're like taking the full like forty seconds or whatever to right. yeah, call the plays, and yep. then teams gradually started. Okay, they took twenty five seconds, then fifteen. Now you have teams running no huddle, you know, and it, it's just the speed factor to gain that ability over your opponent. Um, and then it's like, I mean, you could say so much about the Netflix versus Blockbuster, um. Yeah, there's he just, talked about that, didn't there's, he? Yeah, yeah, there's so many nuggets you can take out of there, whether it's if you're a big company and you're not always continuing to push the issue, um, you're going to have those little guys like Netflix that's that's going to come along and, fi- and find something that you're not find doing. Find weakness. And th- you know what? They're just going to attack it, you know? But it's – but it's and, and again, sports. I feel like we're using sports. But it's it's always those those teams or those companies that play with the mindset of, okay, I'm playing not to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of, no, we need to go for goals. We need to win the game. We need to take every single chance opportunity. Like Kobe Bean, step on the throat. Man, that was awkward. What happened? Um, man, my hand swiped my phone like <laughs> <laughs> my th- my thumb swiped. You just um, got excited. Man, I got excited. I'm gonna definitely get heat for that one. So if you, you, want, you want me to want me to bring it back in? Oh, we can just start right now. Yeah, just go, just go, just go. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, guys. Little 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 technical yeah. difficulty there. Little technical difficulty. We, we were talking about that that mindset or that mentality, you know, of always pushing the envelope. And I brought up, you know, like the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant, you know, trying to step on people's throats. You know, I don't know if Cooper's watched the last dance documentary yet. um, But that's another good example. You know, that Mike Jordan mentality, uh, just the, when he uses the Netflix analogy, it's perfect. It's perfect. Right. It, it is perfect. It, it's perfect. Cause that's, you know, and like, again, if you're that small company, like find what the weakness is of your opponents and go at it first, be the first one to hit the space, you know, or, or the, the market or whatever, whatever it is. And like Eric Thomas talks about this in some of his music, like, you know, about being the first one to the classroom or like the first one, to, you know, just getting to the spot first. Because you're always gonna, you're like, you know, you always got the smart, the smart people, like, that are just gonna be smart naturally, you know. But hey, I'm gonna beat you to the class first and like get the extra help that I need to give myself the competitive advantage. And you know, you just, you just never know. Like the teacher sees you coming there working hard, and and 
that inch that you need, you might you might just get it just because they see you can like always come in, always showing up, always being the first one, positive mm-hmm. attitude, stuff like that. So yeah, you can always control your attitude. Exactly. Uh, can we talk exactly. about my fourth point, which is T G I M? Okay. Okay. And it was touched on, right? Yeah. But everyone who knows ET knows T G I M. Coop, what's T G I M? Thank God it's Monday. What does someone with an employee mindset think of Monday? Oh, it's terrible, right? It's like, oh my God, like, it's Monday. There's a crazy saying, like, more people die on Mondays. No. Than um, any day of the week. No. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've heard that. Like, I believe it, was, it though, because you can control your attitude, man. And we're not even, and I might, this is me, my personal opinion, but I don't even know if that quote means like actual deaths. I'm thinking this like means like mindset and mentality. Like, like the death of a man's soul. Like Mondays, you know? Yeah, and man. when, and I, I, like, I think he's got like 60. I know plus. there are studies on productivity. Oh, yeah. Monday is the lowest. Um, you know, but like if you listen to Eric Thomas, like especially the first couple of seasons of TGIM, um, and sorry if I'm Caleb, you kind of put this, you gave the ball to me, so I'm going with this one. Oh, please. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's um, a wide receiver. He just runs. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he talks about Mondays, like being appreciative of Mondays because Mondays is when you get up and you, and you start the week to grind, you know, get, get the money, get the bag, whatever you want to say it, you know, and then like where Fridays, like it's the end of the week. What do people do? Go to the bar, spend money. So now, like shifting that, like Fridays is where you lose money, or Fridays lose is the time. weekend, lose, lose time, energy, energy. And Mondays is when you need to get Focus. back in the saddle. Like, okay, we yep. need to get back. We need to, you know, be appreciative. Like, I have a job. I'm able to provide for my family. Um, and it just shifts, like shifts your mindset. Like at my job, like I'm always the Monday morning energy guy because you know everyone's. Yeah, you know, like whatever. And then like Fridays, I like I just I don't want to say I coast on Fridays, but like everyone's excited on Fridays, right? <laughs> people like I, I, the saying when people say to me like uh like, "Yep, thank God it's fr-, like people, you know, TGIF." I'm always like, "Why?" Like it's just Friday. I just say it's the second best day of the week. You do, you don't grind every day? What? Exactly. Like that, that's that's what's going on in my head. Like, like what um again, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bring him up, but Grant Cardone Jeez, Uncle, his, Uncle G. His, his saying, like, if you know what day of the week it is, you're not grinding hard enough. Dude, <laughs> I love that saying, man. And, and, like, so just real quick, like, fall camp, when we used to play in fall, like, fall camp, dude, like, guys were, like, we. I mean, it was crazy. When you say, like, you don't know what day it is, like, fall camp, like, you just, same thing every single day. Like, get up, meetings, practice more meetings yeah, go to bed so true. like and you just you're like you're almost me personally like praying for school to open <laughs> 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 to like get uh... to some normalcy you know because it's like it's a grind you know and when Lindsay, like when Lindsay on here Lindsay, when we get Lindsay on um like she like didn't see me for like two weeks like it was just fo- football focus and coop do you, you know, know what day it is now oh i mean it's it's saturday yeah so, so here's the thing with coop like this is why I love you because you give me that different perspective, and it's because, like like you know my wife and I, Shoshana, right? We're married, but 
no kids right now. And yeah. I think I think with kids and a little bit more of like a no, like this has to be the schedule. Right. Like, yes, yeah. obviously you're gonna know what day it is, but probably for the last two years, personally myself, I always am like, wait, what day is it? Multiple <laughs> times throughout the day. And and part of that too is, you know, like I think we touched on this when we were talking with um, Trey. Shout out to Trey, Moving Mountains, Fargo. Um, If you need a moving company, hit him up. But a little bit for me was religion. Like I lost, the older I got, I kind of lost a lot of my like, you know, like uh, I work for myself. So every day is a work day, not Monday. You know, like Fridays and Saturday, Saturday, Sunday isn't my weekend. Um, I've been looking for uh, a church, for example, that I feel at home. Right. So like, I don't go, I'm not going to church right now. So there goes by like, Oh yeah, it's Sunday. I'm going to church today. Right. So I'm literally, I'm, I love, love, love uncle G's. I've never heard him say that. Oh yeah. You just, you just dropped some fire (laughs) on me today. Uh, if you know, if you don't know what day it is, you're not grinding hard enough. Yeah. That made, that made me feel good about myself too. (laughs) You just, well, like, and you, and like, so it's crazy. You said I give you a different perspective, but you give me a different perspective because like, like again like my personality like i just have to be the one to adjust and like be flexible like and you're the same way too um but like you know i just have to remember that i just have to be flexible you know because you got a crazy schedule like i try to be structured um but like you know i just i know it's just something i just have to it's a good reminder you know like we have different people in your life like they always give you a different perspective like when we set a schedule like you know, we set a schedule for this podcast. I got always in the back of my mind, like, okay, I got to have like a couple backup times just in case. I'm about 95%. Yeah. Oh, so you're good. You're good. But there's that 5%, the 5%. man. There's that 5%. <laughs> and, and, that, and, and typically it's because I know, like, I know I can't say no to a client. Oh, for and sure. I might be, and I might be able to push Coop a little yeah. bit. <laughs> you know, like just a little, though. Just a little. No, you're good. Sometimes, some, some, uh, sometime, uh, this leads me to my next point. Uh, wake up knowing what you want. Mm, I think this is How the- many people just roll out of bed? Mm, yep, got to be at work by this time. You know, like get through a couple tasks at work. Like, what, what, what are you shooting for? Coop, you're the big picture guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you one. Can- I got to take a feather out of your hat. You like you are specific with your long-term goals and I'm scared of mine. So I ignore them. <laughs> so like, well, you just, the, the, that well, hit me in the feels. Yeah. The whole thing is just, it's just being sick and tired of being sick and tired. Ooh, like, that's and, a good saying. Though. Like it's, it's, and I got, it from, I got it from ET. So that's not my, <laughs> oh, that's not even ET. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's an oldie, but yeah. But like, you just, you just have to get fed up with it, you know? And, I just think, like, and again, I'm not, I was like this. I mean, I'm not, and there's nothing wrong with this, but, like, I just feel like people just don't feel like they have an out, you know? They feel like they have to go to this job. Um, They have to do this. They have to do that. And, like, so when someone brings me something, like, oh, I have to do this. I was like, well, no, you don't. Like, I mean, there's going to be consequences, but you don't have to make this decision, you know? Can we talk about how society tricks the average American into just a boatload of consumer debt Dude, that, well, uh, that I think contributes to that feeling of being trapped. So, so you know, like but, way too nice of a house, way too nice of a car, credit card payments. 
Well, yeah, you're trapped, it, you know, or or unless you find a way out. Unless you unless you find a way out, and 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 but you have to also like. It's hard because like again, you have the one percenters and you have everybody else. So like the minute you start to like think outside of the ninety nine percent, there's automatically going to be conflict like in your circle yeah. and then within in, yourself. In your soul too, yes. And so like if it's just something you have to go through, but you just look at again like what you want long term like for me you know it just one day something happened to me and like i just it like i snapped like i was already starting to think about big picture like what what does cooper want and like i just knew like Mm. okay like i gotta do something different here like this like i don't want to i gotta switch project like project because you're a leader man it's because you're a leader (laughs) and and it's because it's because like you know let's uh, i gotta be careful with these shout outs but shout out Lindsay. i mean she pushes you to be great too. I mean, that's that's that to me, like. Well, to see the thing popped that, into my head. It's funny you know? because because when you like, she'll do it and not know she does like does it. Like I think sometimes she'll we'll just be talking and she'll say something right and you it's, know you puts know a me, little, puts a little fire. It puts yeah, like, puts a fire into me yeah. like oh another brain like brain uh, length made or what a brain wave created and like I yeah, take it off yeah. and then two three like like two three weeks later she's like okay, this this is getting out of hand. Uh, but then I show her, like, well, this is what we want to do. This is where we want to go. So I got to be like this, you know? And, like, it's – but, yeah, it's it's crazy. But – um, Be all but, you can be. Yeah, before we go move on from this point, though. I have said, I only have one more point, Coop, so you got to take over a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. So you said how society tricks everybody, right? And I was mm. just thinking about this today. So we were listening to – I was kind of li- like listening to some previous episodes and uh, listening to Yaroslav's uh, episode. And uh, shout out to Yaroslav! Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, he's man. I follow him. Like you guys need to follow him on Twitter. Like he's he's a it, killer. He he's some, a killer. He's man. putting some stuff on there. <laughs> um, but at the end of his episode, we were talking about like um, you know how you know people say entrepreneurship is risky. You know, and like they feel like having a job is not risky. And like, I, oh, this is for this is for sure, Yaroslav. And so right I was, here. I was thinking about this. I was like, dude, th- like think of how the world gives you information right now, right? They tell you to go to a job, right? Like, how many? Like, when people say job, there's no sense of fear there, right? You don't, you don't think of anything. Oh, it's just a job. Like, it's gonna be there. Da da. When you hear salary, right? security like security oh i'm getting a salary like even 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 um hourly like you're getting paid for time you're at work right but it's it's like it's like the golden handcuffs right but the minute something happens you know like again for example is like the covid thing right um you're you're at risk if you're working for somebody else at the end of the day um now switch that over to like if you have your own thing if you're your own boss if you look at it that way which is the more riskier path to me to me you can make an argument say they're both risky they they both are but which is i mean run run both plays and there's no it's not a black and white answer it depends it depends what your job is it's like you know like right you know all all of a sudden we're going to find out covid only can survive you know, 10,000 feet in the air and, you know, you thought being a pilot was the most secure thing ever. And then, you know, like, and then after COVID it was tough and then it's like, your job's gone. 
right? Move yeah. on. Move like on. that's just my hypothetical, yeah. right? So, but like maybe you're a doctor or a nurse, or maybe you're the guy that repairs Tesla batteries, or it, it's it's you have to analyze it because there's the beauty of being all you can be is there's so many other different paths. Always, right? Yep, and and. and not like just we don't we don't talk about relationships enough even though you know that's what brought you and me together but (laughs) like along the way man like the relationships you build are going to help determine what you do as well Mm. right whether Mm. you're an entrepreneur or a nurse whatever it is but yeah but but it goes back to being sick and tired of being sick and tired like if you're not happy with what you're doing um, start playing around with different ideas. Like, start playing, you know. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say, man. Um, okay, yep. ch- chapter eight. Um, <clears throat> um, let's see here. So, chapter eight, he talks about he talks about animals. Uh, he talks about a crocodile and a bear, right? Um, mm. so forgot about this part. He says, hunting is not effective unless the hunter is hungry. <laughs> so this one's execution. The title is Chapter 8, 120 Mindset, Execution. Can I, can I, can I just do a little bit of a oh, quick pause? Okay, yeah. You, yeah. Ever, you ever played football against somebody who was way better than you? Just yeah. like, t- t- talented, yeah, way better. Yeah, for sure, yeah. But they weren't hungry. Dude, what, what's the saying? Um, hard work works every time when talent doesn't or or something when talent fails to work hard yeah or so, yeah something like that right so, so that 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 was what I, in, I we've been on a sports kick today yeah we have but <laughs> as soon as you said that i was like yeah i played hoops against a lot of people better than me but right just just a you know you're just a grinder like it yeah yeah that i'm sorry if i stole your oh no, you're good but you're good no yeah that's <clears throat> So he so in this chapter he talks about like you know crocodile um like the the best time to kill a crocodile or to go after a crocodile is when it's done eating. Yep, right? just had a big old meal. Had a big old meal. Now it's like stuff like you can actually like try it now like you know do things that you probably wouldn't do when it's hungry. Um and then he talks about a bear. Like a bear is is lurking, you know, even after a meal. It's still it's still alert. It's still looking for looking for food. You you could even put a lion in there, right? Like they enjoy the hunt, like going and finding food. You know, and, and I've been hearing this too that like lions don't even go after wounded animals. Not interested. Not interested. Why? Because they enjoy the process of hunting just as much as getting the prize at the end. Um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, I was just. You know, and, and E.T. was talking about, like, every time he got a gig, right, like, he got a gig, he wouldn't be, like, looking for the next opportunity. He would just kind of be sitting, like, kind of waiting for opportunities to come to him instead of going out and attacking and getting opportunities coming to him. Uh, so, yeah, so just, you know, stay hungry. Basically, the, the analogy. You love it. Analogy of that one. Um, and then what's your, what's your final point? Because I think – I'm at the you end. have one more? Well, it's, it's it's the last chapter, basically. Okay, so my last point is, in my opinion, for me, this was the best part of the book. I didn't write down where it was. Um, 
But when he, when he says make guarantees to yourself, mm, yeah, well, I think it was last my, my, uh, my, you know, there's two, there's two Caleb's in my brain. Right. <laughs> and, and the left side is like, yo dude, get in your turtle shell and shut the door. Like, don't do that. That is, warning, warning, <laughs> major, major risk. Yep, right. Yep, and yep. Make guarantees to yourself. Because I think there's a, for me personally, I think there's a lot of things, but I don't let anybody down. Yeah. Yep. Right. And if you let yourself down, like, who are you? You're not, are you real? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, and I alluded to this earlier, like I'm all about setting goals, but um, sometimes I struggle to look at the big picture and set the big old goals. Um, uh, I think it was our second episode ever, Coop. Um, our second episode ever, I'll be a little vulnerable. We, we had, do we have Joey Cameron on the podcast? Yeah, it was, it was the third, it was the third one. Third episode. Yeah. So I, I, I talk with Joe all the time. Yeah. yeah. I work with Joe and last year I sold like 50 something houses or yeah, whatever. 52, I, I think 52 or 54, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. I had, I had a, I had a really good year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Joey's always like, Joey's always just in my grill. He's like, dude, how many, how, like we were. You know, I think it might have been December of last year, like business planning for 2020 before COVID, before yeah, all that. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like, bro, dude, like how many houses are you going to sell this year, man? Like how many houses are you going to sell? Right. And I'm already, I'm already thinking like, you know, like you know, I might sell 30, I might sell four, you know, maybe, you know, maybe like 40 houses. And he like straight up to my face is like, no, dude, you can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is why who you surround yourself with is so important. And for the next three or four months, I like just battled with what my goals for the year were going to be. Right. I just ignored them, you know, like, uh, I don't want to think about that. And then all it took was like a little bit of success. Yep. And it was like small victories. Yeah, man. Yup. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, like I'm going to sell at least 50 again. You know, I'll probably like, I'll probably get 55, you know, like the, the number for like, I'm still, I'm, I'm working on myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I needed, I needed to hear that from Joe at the time. Shout out to Joe cam. Um, he put out a bad, uh, 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 an awesome, excuse me, um, rap album when he was 16, by the way, try to find that on YouTube. <laughs> um, but shout out, shout out to Joe cam killer. And, uh, you know, I needed, I needed to hear that then. And then when we were reading this book, I needed to hear that as well. Like make guarantees to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Push yourself. Yeah. And it can be small. I think he was in there. He was talking about like, you know, just, you know, you have goals for the day or whatever, say you're going to hit them, do them. And then look back at the end of the day. And yeah, I set out what I was going to do and then just build on that, you know? So so yeah, no, that was that was good. That was good. Um, <clears throat> my last one is uh, chapter ten. U O U, and it's kind of around the same. I think the same thing. Um, basically, holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, same thing, different words. Exactly. Like, and he talked about how, like, w- you know, we're so quick to hold others accountable, right? Like, oh, you didn't, or or take. Or, t- or take something back to the store if it's not, like, the right Perfect. whatever, you know, like, take it back. But, like, are you are you holding yourself to the <laughs> same standard, though? You know? Like, are you, like, did you get up on time? 
did you get to work on time mm. are you are you looking yourself in the mirror you know like think so like i was like man so yeah you owe you um basically and then i think we've touched on this too but then he talks about winners win and losers lose right and he said like it's just, it's a culture thing and he was basically saying like if you let people treat you how they want how you how they feel like they should treat you instead of standing for yourself it's going to be like a culture it's going to be a habit and you know you want to make sure that whatever you're doing even even if you don't own anything but like your your culture you know because we, we all are part of something you know we're all part of a family like you have a family at home or or a tribe. family you have a, a tribe, tribe if you will like yep. what type of energy and culture are you trying to bring to that like, is it a winner's mentality or a loser's mentality, you know? And so, like, you always want to be thinking about that stuff, you know, because, like, if you continue to do the same thing over and over and over again, it's going to be a habit, you know? So, man. Average skill. Phenomenal. Phenomenal will. Will. E.T., the hip-hop preacher, Eric Thomas, Ph.D. Um, very good book. Definitely someone you should follow on social medias or podcasting platforms. I mean, he's kind of like, he's like, when you think of big podcasting people, I think of like ET, bigger pockets, Joe Rogan. Like they're so good at it. They're, it is worth your time. Oh yeah, for sure. Easy. You know? I, I've, I'm a religious follower of ET on his podcast and man, there's like they they're dropping nuggets like heat every week. Like there's probably not one episode like I didn't like write something down. Like just jot something down. Like it's just kind of like when Joey got in my face and was like, "No, dude, you can't set a goal for thirty houses, <laughs> right? Or thirty trends, whatever it is." Right? Yeah. It, listening to ET's podcast is kind of like, oh, he called me out on something that I need to be held accountable for in my personal life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know and, and and honestly if you're looking to grow if you're looking to be all you can be i've been saying that a lot i don't know why um yeah definitely <laughs> shout out to et um are we releasing the next month's book oh yeah we, well we talked about this like two weeks ago I, already said I just didn't know i just didn't know if, oh okay uh, i didn't know if we were like official announcement oh yeah it is know, yeah uh, so uh this month's book is Everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo. Um, really, really bright, uh, you know, female. Uh, my wife's reading this book, and I actually, when I went to uh, the 10x conference, uh, by Grant Cardone, just had to put that in there again. Um, she was Shout one, out Uncle G, she was one of the speakers there, and um. Oh, that's cool. I, I was pretty impressed with her. Like, um, I, I follow her podcast. She's got a nice short podcast. I, I love the nice, like, five minutes. She'll bring people on, and they're a little longer, like, 20, 30 minutes. But, like, if I need something quick, I'll just, you know, click, click on her couple of five-minute episodes, like, where she does some Q&A questions. Um, but, yeah, she's also got a pretty good story, too. So I, I'm, I love this, uh, this book. Uh, we might have a guest on. Don't hold me to that. I'm just, you know, just looking for ideas, guys, you know, to make this, make this fun, make this fun for you. Um, please make sure to subscribe, uh, leave a review. Um, you know, thanks to everyone that's uh, been on there and given us uh, reviews. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's all I got.
Yeah, no, shout out the support. Appreciate the support. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I love when my friends or family are like, Hey, I listened to that episode. It was was cool. I love it too. Like, and honestly, like sometimes I make a joke and I'm half joking, but like, I'll make like a, like, Hey, actually I just do this so I can spend more time with Cooper. So like, you know, appreciate the love, but I'm just doing this to do this. Um, I'm going to say that. (laughs) No, but for for real, I I usually say, Hey, I'm doing this because it pushes me to grow. You know what yeah, are you do- sure. what what are you doing? Yeah, what are you I don't, doing? And I don't say it like that. Oh yeah, yeah, but, you yeah, know, yeah. but like that's generally like what what are you doing to to grow yourself? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's usually what I what I bring it back to. Nice. Um, so yeah, we appreciate you listening. Um, I've been giving out too many shout outs this episode, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, no more shout outs. But yes, everything is figure outable, and we will be listening to that next month. See you next week, everybody. See you next week. Bye. All right. On today's show, uh, Cooper is going to introduce uh, a good friend and mentor of his. Cooper, go ahead. Hey, everybody. Uh, So today, uh, before I tell you who we have, I'll give a little bit of background. Um, In 2018, he was uh, the entrepreneur of the year. Uh, by the chamber of com, by the chamber of commerce in uh, Fargo Moorhead area, um, he's the owner of um, Fargo-based home builder Heritage Homes, uh, real estate company Brookshire Hathaway Home Service Premier Properties, um, as well as Total Home Services, DT Holdings, and RM2 Developments. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm honored to introduce Tyrone Leslie. Hey, thank you very much for that, pal. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. No, Tyrone, I'm I'm I've been telling Caleb like the last like weeks, like we gotta get him on, we gotta get him on. <laughs> no, you're awesome. So, yeah. So after that intro, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna be able to fit out of my office now. Wedged out. <laughs> uh Tyrone, so um you know, just uh tell our audience, you know, like who you are, what you do and uh why you do what you do. Well, you know, uh I've been living I I moved to the States in nineteen uh ninety seven. Uh so I've been here for quite some time now. Uh got into real estate quite frankly when I was very young. Um finished high school, went to college and I was one of those dudes that just didn't have the patience to sit down any longer than I did for going to high school and junior high and, of course, elementary. And uh, my dad said, hey, listen, you got a choice. Either uh, you finish college or you're going to get your butt to work. And I said, hey, I'm all for it. And, and being in the hospitality business, my dad has already always got us into business, got us into work. So I was, we were painting curbs, fixing air conditioners at our hotels, working busboy, front desk work, uh, coat checking, you name it. You know, he put us in it and made sure that we learned it and appreciated it and uh, and made sure we understand the importance of doing every job and that no job is too big or too small for us. So we really learned at a young age that was crucial. But not finishing college, of course, was not going to be an option unless I was prepared to really work hard. So I got my real estate license and got right into it. I learned uh, 
how hard it is to actually be, you know, on your own and start, you know, making your own living. Cause, uh, he, you know, he didn't give me anything. He said, yeah, I'll, what I'll give you is my, is my, what I've learned in, in my past, uh, as far as the money, you're going to have to earn that and make it your own way. And so my dad and mom did, uh, I think a really awesome job in that respect and never looked back, started selling real estate, found in love with new construction as, I was in it since I was like four years old. My dad would take us to the job sites all the time. Mm. So it was kind of in my blood. And that was it. Never looked back. And now here we are many, many years later with a, uh, uh, a new home company and a real estate company that I'm exceptionally passionate about. And I have a team of people that I can honestly tell you I'm most humbled to be a part with. That's a lot to unpack, Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got time. I, well, I love, I love, uh, we're going to ask you more questions about this, but I love that you talked about how your, your parents kind of put you to work young and taught you the value of hard work. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that story? Cause it sounds like, um, you guys moved here from somewhere else and you want to talk about maybe what your parents built prior to what you're doing now? <clears throat> sure. Uh, well, we were born and raised in Winnipeg. My dad was at least, and us, all of us kids were, my mom was born and raised in Virginia. So that's, uh, that's our tie to this incredible country that we are very, very proud to be a part of. And, uh, that's how that kind of started. And, um, ever since again, we were, we were kids, it was about, uh, doing things very entrepreneurial, whether it's uh, going out and working uh, at, you know, neighbors' houses to do their, um, their yards, cutting their grass, doing snowblowing their, their driveways or whatever, anything that we could do to make a buck to maybe, you know, to understand and appreciate, you know, the work that's required. And, um, you know, it literally started, I think, seven, seven or eight years old starting that part of it. Mm. And then, you know, in, at Christmas time, we'd work at the, our, my mom and dad's hotel, and uh, I'd be coat check. So it was a really awesome job. I got to meet a ton of people at weddings and uh, we got to hang their coats and we'd charge. And that's how I got my money to pay for Christmas gifts. Mm. So, you know, it's those type of things that, again, that just really make you understand the importance uh, of, you know, work ethic and, uh, and certainly appreciating things you got. <clears throat> totally. Now, so Love it. We're, we're in hotel business. We're in, um, we built condos. My, oh, I shouldn't say we, but my mom and dad did. Mm. And uh, so that's what I, my first real estate job was actually to sell their condos out there. So that's, that's how that started. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Was there, so Tyrone, when you came to the States and uh, you started your, uh, your company, um, was there anything along the way early on <clears throat> that was kind of like an epiphany for you like okay this this is what i'm supposed to do I, I made the right the right choice you know uh like i said earlier uh you got to be passionate about what you do and it, it really was when about four months into college and realizing that i i love real estate i love the whole development aspect of it i love any any anything that has to do with real estate when i got into uh, doing open houses and my selling my first house. It took me three months, three days to sell my first condo. I thought, oh, I'm doing a terrible job. How can it possibly take me three, <laughs> three months to sell a house, for God's sake? So uh, my dad said, you know, it was the best thing that ever could happen to me because it made me appreciate 
the, the industry. That if I sold it right away, he would have thought, you know, you'd have taken it for granted and you'd think every sale was like that. So by taking a longer period of time, made me really appreciate the art of the sale. And uh, I ended up selling one two days later. So two houses in two <laughs> wow. days. It was euphoria. So in that case, you know, I realized when I saw the excitement of those customers' faces that we just sold them something that they're going to be able to enjoy, you know, for the rest of their lives. It it was it really sparked me to say, you know what, nah, this is it, man. This is that feeling, you know. It's it's that uh, that ability that um, it's a, the ability to be able to be involved with a client to help them fulfill the need that they want on something that's so high emotions, you know, so it's it, the emotions and buying a real estate, as you know, it's, it's cool. Like it's, you got, you got your ups and you got your downs, but if you do it right, your customer's always on the up and that's what we want. And that's something that I said, that's it. This is the business. This is the industry that I will be in for the rest of my life. And thank God um, I'm still in it, you know, 34 years later. So so, that was it. So did you get your license? Were you 18, 19 years old? I was 18. I, I, I started I started hosting, if you will, uh, the real estate uh, open houses at 17 and a half years old. Mm. And uh, then I got my license at uh, 18. Well, to be honest with you, I, I failed it three times because <laughs> you know, at 18, what the hell do you know about? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but I, I, I did, I ended up obviously passing it and, uh, Oh man, it was just—it was awesome, just, just purely amazing. Talk about your first couple of years and what you learned about, you know, sales and building relationships and just, you know, real estate in general. I, I think what I realized is that again, and that's it comes back to the upbringing, is that you got to be passionate about what you do. If you love what you do, then waking up in the morning, it, it's not like oh, I got to go to work. It's like, okay, let's go. Let's do something different. Mm -hmm. And the, the beauty about real estate, it's always different because I get bored quick, man. Mm. I, there's just no doubt about it. Like, you know, I have that, uh, that issue of not being able to pay attention longer than about three or four minutes. Well, the reality <laughs> is with, with this business, it, it, it enables me to, to keep the fire always going, uh, and going strong. So, you know, when I got into real estate, uh, I learned a lot of the things. I, I I chose to hang around with all kinds of different people in the business, some of which taught me things not to do and be, become a better person, and some that were so outstanding that I realized I could never do it like them, but I understood what their idealisms were, and I could make it my own. So I, I, I wanted to learn from the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, uh, you know, and I often say, you know, if you're passionate about what you do, you love what you do, and you're and you're compassionate and most importantly have empathy you'll always take care of your clients and make sure they're taken care of and they have a great experience because at the end of the day if you think about it as a paycheck oh this is going to be money you know what you'll only be in the business so long if you think about it as you're actually helping a family you know whether it's a new couple getting together to create a family or a couple that's just had their family now they're downsizing mm -hmm. or right sizing if you will uh if you do it right man the money's not the issue that, that's like four or five or six levels down the the line that's so true uh, it it's I, I promise you it's that's the way it's the way it should be because then now you're fulfilling life because the second that you, it's all about money what a what a waste of a life you know what i mean you don't ever want that totally you gotta be happy man totally yeah man so, so that's that's my theory i was gonna ask uh 
Tyrone. You don't seem like a guy that like has had any fear to deal with. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure there was fear in your in your journey. Can you like explain how you um got over that or how'd you overcome it? Well, let me assure you, I have had a lot of fear. <laughs> you got if you don't have fear, you're not prepared. You know, what I mean, you you gotta you gotta be smart. You gotta be, you gotta think things through. Um, you know, just like it's like getting into a you know going into a football game. You know, your 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 heart's pounding. You're you're nervous. You know, but that's because you want you you want to be prepared. If you're not going into a game not nervous, you're not prepared. You got to be prepared. And in real estate or in any type of business or any type of ben- business fit venture. I'm very faith-based, right? So I'm going to make sure that everything I do is, is, is backed by faith. I'm not going to let fear get in the way of my future, all right? But that doesn't mean I'm going to be ignorant about it. I'm going to always make sure I look at the, the, the different angles, the cause and effect of every decision that we make. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to let faith be my, uh, my decision maker. So uh, my, uh, my arrows are always pointing on that side of the spectrum. So that's that's number one. That's the number one thing for me that leads me down the path. And if I'm doing things properly uh, and ethically and uh, compassionately uh, with passion, I know the end result will be there. And you tie that to whatever you do, you have a great team behind you because I'm very team-based. That's my focus. Anytime in life that you think it's about any one person, I'm afraid you're wrong. It's about a team of people that are just that love what they do and are passionate about what they do. Like I said earlier, and uh, most importantly, it becomes a hobby, and then you, <clears throat> then you watch then you watch success follow it. it happens every time. You, you, there's a couple buzzwords you've been using tonight: passion, faith, team. Um, do you want to talk about you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old Tyrone, and just talk a little bit about your journey and building those core values and principles. You know, you, you were a real estate agent. You, you learned how to sell. Um, what was next? And then how did, wh- where did those buzzwords come into play in your story? You know, uh, again, I think it's this parenting. You know, my mom, uh, if you ever met her, she is the most compassionate, most caring individual uh, in my life. Like she is, she is my everything. I talked to her not once, but probably three, four, five times a day. And, uh, you know, that may sound corny, but it is what it is. She has taught me, to, she's grounded me on, on the fact of being true to who you are, um, being compassionate, uh, but also having confidence in your ability. And uh, so, you know, it, it's definitely started with our whole family ever since we were, well, ever since I can remember. So, that is something that's always been taught to us. My dad's taught us the, the, the importance, taught us the importance of truly caring about what you do, and uh, and that always pretend. He goes, and I'm, I just thought about this, this this last weekend. He goes, always pretend like you're walking in a stadium and fifty thousand people are watching you, and is if you think that way before you think about doing something stupid, you don't remember. There's fifty thousand eyeballs looking at you, and if it's as silly as that might sound, it, it really did uh, set me on the right path to making sure, hey, you know what? God's always up there. He's always watching you. Don't think you're going to get anything past him. You never will. So just do the right thing. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect by absolutely no means. But the reality is, is if you have that in your back of your mind, you're always you're always doing the right thing because, you know, 
we're kids when we we're 16, 17, 18, you know, that wasn't necessarily my, uh, my mantra, but, uh, as I got older and started learning and making mistakes and God knows I make mistakes and you mm-hmm. have to, you have to make mistakes. How do you learn if you don't make a mistake? Right. <clears throat> and, uh, so that was the important thing is learning from them, celebrating them for God's sakes. And there's things that I've done when I was a kid that I can, I can bore you forever on those, but you know, my dad never, ever, ever hit us ever, but he did give us, he gave us the look. And that look was very clear <laughs> that it was the alternative to the hit. And sometimes you wish you had the hit instead of the look. That's but, true. <laughs> but he, he gave me that look that says, okay, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm not mad at you. I'm just upset with what you did. And that's something that he's always kind of said to us when we were kids. And uh, so it was never, ever personal, but it was always, okay, let's learn from what you did. What do you do different? And as long as, again, we grew up that way. So I just don't know any different. And I tell you, it makes a big difference. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. So what, what's the next part of the story then, right? You sold those two condos. What, what happened then? That was it. I was hooked, lined, and sinker. Uh, we ended up getting, it, getting out of that project. I got into selling existing product. I ended up hooking myself up with the second largest builder in Western Canada. And I probably learned, well, not probably, I learned so much from that aspect about it, where the, my, uh, my, at the time, the, the general manager of the company goes, Tyrone, you are on our job sites more than my superintendents are. And I said, yeah, but I said, how am I supposed to understand this business or service my customer if I don't understand how to build this house from the scratch, mm. from, the, from the foundation all the way up to the roof? I, I can't possibly be good at my art if I don't understand it. So I, was, I asked the trades, every one of them, hey, I knew them by name, of course. And also by doing that, it, it made sure that when I sold the house, that it was being built properly because, you know, things happen when you're, when you're building a mm-hmm. new home. Things, mis- misinterpretations happen and so on and so forth. So by B, being on the job site, it's A, ensuring that my client's getting what they truly wanted. And B, I continue to ask my, my, our contractors, hey, why do you do this? Tell me why you do this. What is that? And it just kept growing from there. Mm. It was a great experience. And the company is still doing incredibly <clears throat> well uh, in Western Canada. And uh, I, I, I owe a lot of thanks to them because they really took the time to take me under their ring and, and take a chance on a 23-year-old at the time, 22 or 23-year-old selling their product. And, and ultimately ended up being the number one salesman in Manitoba in new home construction uh, for three out of the out of the last five years, I was in the business out there before I moved to Fargo. Mm. Wow! So didn't take so, too long. <laughs> so um, before I ask my uh, next question, Tyrone, please, please. Um, you know, I I just want everyone to understand that uh, Heritage Homes uh, was who my wife and I went with uh, to build our home, and it really wasn't I, a question for Cooper. He knew. knew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because, you know, as we went through the the process, you know, of picking things out and, you know, talking to the team, I mean, like everybody was friendly, uh, nice, like really helped us with the selection. Everything was really smooth. And, you know, and we're going to to the different trades that, you know, different companies. And I'm like, okay, I know this like these guys don't meet every day 
you know, and so, so from that point, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta meet Tyrone. I gotta like at least introduce myself or figure out what he's, what he's doing. Cause I was, I was just, we, me and my wife were just impressed with how smooth and just how everyone was friendly. Um, so I was going to ask Tyrone, like, how do you, you know, your core values, you know, how do you translate that into picking the people you put around you to help grow your, your business? Okay, that's a very excellent question, because that is, um, no matter what my core thinking is, if your team isn't paralleled to that, it's, it's, it's going to be a very short flight. So the reality is, oh. is that you need to have a very good team, and in most cases, better than you, smarter than you. And the second that you can get that out of your, into your head, like, hey, don't be intimidated about hiring somebody smarter. Celebrate the crap out of it, right? Oh, pardon for that last word. But the reality is <laughs> you, you want to make sure you got great people on it. So we devised a system that no matter what department someone's coming in at, if we're looking at hiring, it goes to a minimum of three people in the team, if not four. All right. And then we do multiple interviews after that. So the, the reason for that we do that for is, is actually twofold. We believe it's just as important for that new team member that joins our company to be as passionate about our team. If they only talk to one person, how are they really going to know? They, they may like me as an interviewer, but they may not like the other three people they're going to interview with. So they may not choose to take the job. But the, the, the other side of it is the four people that are interviewing this person will be working directly with this person. So they need to have buy-in with that person. And if the team is good, if you, have you guys heard of the tribal effect? Yes. Yes. Yep. The, the tribal effect is, is, is really quite beautiful. You either have a good tribe or you don't have a good tribe. Tribe, when you're hiring somebody, okay, they're going to make sure that that, that person – is going to do equally well for the company because they are, they are equally passionate about the company. So we make sure that this, the process of hiring is just that and that the team has bought into that person as well as that person has bought into the team they're coming to work with. And we find invariably we have little to no turnover. We don't have a revolving door of people coming in and out like a, like a yo-yo. We, mm -hmm. have, uh, we have a team that stays here and they really truly believe – that they're going to retire with heritage homes. And when you have that type of thing, now obviously people do move, spouses end up moving, you end up losing a team member here and there, or there's new aspirations. We have a team member that says, you know, I really want to go down this path. Well, God bless them. We're going to help them get there. If it's not with us, we're going to help them get there. And, you know, I think when you do those type of things, good things come back to you. So that's, that's best answer. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, but I think the interviewing process needs to be done properly and not quickly. You know, the old story, hire, hire, uh, slow and fire quick. Right. right. You, you want to help that person. Fire. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Because you, you want to help that person. If you know they're <clears> not going to be successful with you, help them get to where they're ultimately going to be successful and enjoy their job to ultimately become a hobby. And when you do that, you know what? Things just happen. And it's good. When, so, when do you when do you think you made the jump, Cooper? Did I cut you off? Well, just just real quick, uh, Caleb. Please. Just so, just so everyone knows, um, in 20, 2019, uh, Tyrone Leslie was uh, received the top recruiter award uh, for the Home Builders Association of Far Fargo Moorhead. So, 
I'm telling you guys, he, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's well, talking about. Cooper's got to bring up that resume, man. He's got to bring up that resume. Oh, you're awesome. I'll have to pay you my $5 after. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caleb. So, uh, Tyrone, th- I appreciate you sharing everything with us. I mean, you've just been an open book. Um, I, I love a lot with everything you're saying. I'm just nodding my head. Um, I have a similar childhood to where – I mean, my dad put me to work with a, a paper route when I was five years old, right? Nice. And I just, I just, it, that, that, he didn't know what he was doing, but that, that alone set me off on my journey, right? But I'm curious with your story is when were you able to turn the corner with your extreme worth ethic and, uh, and high moral ethic as well, obviously? Um, when were you able to turn the corner though and turn that work ethic into, you know, something bigger where you were working, you know, not only were you working hard, but you're also working smart. Like what, what was some I can of the, tell you the mindset exactly. changes there? Yeah. Okay. I can tell you exactly. And until this day, every time I think about it, it puts the hair in my arms up. All right. So this is what happened. So I'm, I'm in real estate and now I'm decently making some good money. And uh, of course I had a partner uh, at the time. We decided that we'd, we'd join and, and try to sell more houses and stuff. But we, we realized that we were spending way more than we should. We're out every night and enjoying life and doing the things that we needed to do, which we didn't need to do. We just thought we needed to do. And um, it, I realized when I bought my when a, a car that I bought, it was a Bonneville SSE. Mm. I thought it was the cat. It, it, was, it was just an awesome, <laughs> an awesome car. Okay, just a really awesome car. And then <clears throat> what happened was I thought, hey, how brilliant would it be to reduce my payment and go interest only? And the, the the gal's name, she's a bank manager at the Royal Bank in Winnipeg. Her name is Michelle Aikenhead. I'll never forget. That's amazing that you know her name. Because it's I've been amazing. scarred. Uh, she scarred me incredibly well. So I said, okay, this is awesome. Interest only. I, I can reduce my payment and I can spend more money on having fun. She called me in one day and said, okay, this is the way it's going to be. You start making payments on your car effective this month. Otherwise, we are going to confiscate your car, take your car away from you, and you're done with this bank. I went, oh, what? I'm thinking, <laughs> what's going on? I thought I was just, this is just this is a fun life. This is great. Uh, she said that. And if you want to know a pinnacle of time, uh, or at least a snapshot in time, where I said, okay, now it's time to be, be serious. I must have been right around 20 23, 24, somewhere in that, show. maybe even younger. I don't remember, but it was enough to say, okay, I'm done. At that moment, I realized that my business, my, my real estate partner was just not good. Probably the best uh, person for me. Uh, so I say, hey, dude, I wish you the best. God bless. I'll see you later. I'm going on this alone. I got to smarten up. I got things to do. I told Michelle, my bank manager, I said, I will commit to you this, this right now. Uh, in one year from now, the car not, will not just be paid off. But you'll actually have business with me that's probably more along the lines of, that you want from me and not this nonsense that I've been doing. And it was not within a year. The car was paid off. Got mm. rid of my partner. Was so I, so laser focused on the industry uh, that I realized, okay, now i got to be an adult. And it's time to not just make the money, but be smart with it. And uh, it was that moment. And within two years, I was made, uh, I, I made number two in the city. Uh, for real estate sales and new home construction. The next year, I made number 
uh, number two. Then I went back to number three. I missed it by a dishwasher sale, by the way. It was that <laughs> wow. To this day, I'll never forget it. It was like $588, some stupid amount. And then after that, I was number one. So it, it, I was very laser focused. But that was the moment in time that I realized, okay, now it's time to take things, take life to the next level and be and truly be an adult. And that's I never looked back. That was the that was the moment in time that I needed with her telling me that I'm going to lose my car and not do business with them. Uh, that was that was that was like my little slap along the head with the two by four. And uh, it kept coming until I paid off that car and I did it. What'd you do with the car, though? You know, I kept that thing. I kept it. Uh, then ultimately bought a different car after that because I felt I set a goal, by the way. I set an absolute goal because one of the real estate agents that I really, um, uh, really thought a lot of uh, drove this particular car. And I said, that's it. When I'm able to do it, I'm buying that. And, and I did. So okay. one of my, when I first started in real estate, uh, gosh, five, five, six years ago, um, I was sitting down with my broker who had, you know, who he was a second generation realtor. Um, when he, and he just, just a man of wisdom, you know, he's in his seventies, phenomenal broker. If Neil Henney's listening to this, Neil, I love you, man. I hope you're just playing shuffleboard every day in Florida. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, but he'd always talk about his dad and, and real estate's so funny. Um, he'd always talk about how his dad had a new Cadillac every year. And one day he asked his dad and he's, you know, dad, you know, why, why are you always driving that new Cadillac? And he'd always say, so, so the clients know that business is good. Um, and I just, I just laugh because, and, and with real estate, especially real tours, um, Gosh, it's got to be such a large percentage of them where to so many of them, uh, their car matters. But I think a lot of times it gets them into trouble, you know, with with the amount of miles that we drive. And you you, you can you can start playing that game. You know, you were playing Mm -hmm. that interest only game driving that, you know, driving that. uh, I forgot what model you said it was. Bonneville SSE. Yeah, that that bon- black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he knows. See, see, he knows. He knows what yeah. I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And, yeah. But I love how that motivated you, um, <clears throat> you know, in your words, to get your act together, and yeah. and you started taking things seriously. Did you? Uh, did you think about buying your clients that dishwasher upgrade? You know what? Had I known, I would have probably bought two just to be on the safe side. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, no, it, I, I didn't know till probably three months after the year was ended because, of course, they have to calculate it. And you, have, you, you have their big convention sure, uh, sure. You know, celebrating the top top real estate guys. But you know what? Hey, for, they wanted fair and square, and God bless them. It just motivated me to get to the uh, the proper position, which in my case, I wanted, I wanted number one. So, uh, you know, it's... Hard work got got us there, and a great team of people, including the builder that I worked with. It was Fox Ridge Homes out of Winnipeg. They were just simply <clears> awesome. <throat> they supported me, and you know, made it work. Quick question, Coop. I'm sorry. Um, where'd you get your competitive drive from, Tyrone? I gotta think I got that from my dad. Like he's he's uh, he's definitely he's done things. That is just amazing in this, and not just this community, but also in Winnipeg. Uh, he's, he's a guy that just never says no. If someone says you can't do it, it just motivates him to say, okay, we'll just get it done. 
and uh, and he does. He just simply did. So you know, he definitely taught us to 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 never die, keep going. You know, uh, have faith. You know, lead you down the path, but most importantly, believe in yourself. And it gave us the confidence to do it mm. with the importance of a team behind you. So he, mm. th- there's no question between my dad and mom, I've been very blessed, and our family has been very blessed uh, to understand the differences. And uh, again, learning from the good, learning from the bad, and making a schwack of mistakes. Mm. But learning from them, like you just said, you got to absolutely. Because yeah. how do you grow? How do you possibly grow if you think you're just going to follow the textbook and just try to make every perfect decision? You, a, you'll never make a decision, and B, you'll just never grow. So you got to go for it and never regret it, learn from it, and move on. Yep. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Tyrone, you <clears throat> you and your team were involved with the, uh, the Extreme uh, Home Makeover Edition, right? Yes, sir. Can you exp- like just talk about that experience? Yeah, I want to hear about you- that process. What, yeah, what that meant f- like for you and your team. Well, that's uh, see, that's awesome. See, well, I loved watching Extreme Home Makeover, and you know, and being a builder, you look at the, you watch the TV show, and you're saying to yourself, "There is no flipping way this is really <laughs> happening." It's TV. They're making it look all pretty and sexy, and and that you actually can build a house in, you know, seven days. So when they decided that they were going to do the 50-state tour, well, obviously in North Dakota, they're going to come. So I needed to figure out a way how to get a hold of the executive producer. Mm. And a buddy of mine out of Washington, D.C. had just built one the year prior, and he happened to be in what we call our Builder 20 group. So I, I, I belong to a group of 20 builders around the country. We get together uh, twice a year. And uh, he had told me that he just did one. Uh, this should have been about six, maybe six months prior. And I talked to him and I said, uh, dude, give me the scoop. They're coming to, they're coming to North Dakota. I want to I wanna at least put my hat into the deal. I want to make sure I can at least have a chance to get it. So he gave me the executive producer's name, number, email. I emailed her. I figured there's no way in God's creation I'm going to be able to get a call back or an email back within, what, a month or two or whatever. I'm going to have to keep driving and sending emails. There's no way I'm going to get a response. I got a response back in 20 minutes. Wow. And the, the gal, who who's the most phenomenal salesperson I've ever met in my life, called me back and <clears> said, hey, uh, we would, I probably didn't call me back. She emailed me back and said, hey, got your email. We are absolutely looking at uh, in, in Fargo, North Dakota. As a matter of fact, we already had your company's name up and we've been doing research. And she goes, it's amazing that you actually called us. And I, then I mentioned Alan, a gentleman out of Washington, D.C., that he gave me the name. So she was obviously more comfortable with you know wondering what happened. And uh, before you know it, we had them down in Fargo within three weeks. The whole executive group came to Fargo met with us, had a family in mind. We were all getting psyched out. But most importantly, before they came down, I had a conference call with the, uh, the, the executive director. The guy that actually created the show. And I thought, oh, God, this is going to be awesome. He's really going to tell me how this show works. And it's going to probably be two or three months, and then they condense it into seven days to make it look cute for TV. I'm going to get all this background stuff. So I'm really excited about getting <laughs> some, you know, getting to know uh, how true TV works. So I'm, I, we're on the conference call. I'm in my car because he – actually, I was talking to a landscaper on the job site. 
Then he called, and I just bolted. I didn't even tell the poor guy that I was leaving because I saw it was L.A. I thought, oh, my God, this is, this is the call, and I bolted. Got into my car, listened to the guy talk, and he goes, okay, Ty. You know, this is how the show works. I'm thinking, here we go. I go, he goes, you know how we show the house is built in seven days? And I was, yeah, I do. Like, yeah, tell great me what, joke. Tell me, yeah. what the, tell me what the scoop is. Here we go. And he goes, well, it's not really true. It's not really seven days. And I said, boom. He goes, we actually built it in four and a half days. <laughs> and I, I'm going, oh, my God. So I... I a little bit and I said okay I didn't want to act too too shocked so I said all right uh, that's amazing I said can you explain to me how you do that and he went into the explanation he goes you have essentially a, a hundred hours 104 hours to build this house tear down the house and build a new one and have the home home ready for furniture to come in after four and a half uh, days so uh, from that point on, I thought, holy Toledo's. Okay. So I psyched myself out to, enough at the time to say, okay, you know what? We're going to do this. They had a family in Fargo, and we were ready to rock and roll. Then they called me probably several weeks later and said, okay, we got a problem. I said, what's that? He goes, unfortunately, the family in Fargo didn't pass the mustard test because they got to make sure whatever they do, it's, it's, right. it's all for the right reasons. And I, yeah. I totally right. respect that. And uh, I'll tell you stories later about some of the in the very first two series. Oh, you can't even imagine the first two seasons. They they didn't have the necessary acid test to make sure that this was the right thing, and it could blow your mind. But anyways, I heard uh, about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, very 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 scary. But anyways, more importantly, uh, the family they ended up choosing was in Minot, North Dakota, and they said, "Ty, we are so sorry, but." We're not going to be able to use you because you, that's six, six or seven hours away. And I paused. I went, oh, my God, this is really happening. Like, here I'm psyched out. My family's excited. The company's excited. We've already talked to a handful of trades, and they're, like, stoked. And just to find out that now it's going to be in Minot. And I said, no, no, no. I said, forget it. We're doing it. We're going to do it in Minot. She goes, you can't do it. I said, yes, we can. Don't, don't say we can. We can. We will. We'll make it happen. Don't worry about it. Oh, yep. amazing. And we ended up doing our first show. We uh, we we ended up having 4,000 volunteers be a part <clears> of that build. We built the house in 99 hours. Never in the show's history have, have they ever had a builder travel that far to build an extreme makeover house, number one. Number two, they never had a builder not demolish the house, but actually take the house off the foundation, move it, and give it. We donated it to Habitat for Humanity. So we essentially actually helped two families in that show, which the show has never done in the history of the show. So that was really cool. Built the house. Awesome. We avoided baseball hailstorm within, I think something like 30 or 40 miles from our house from the, from the home being built. So that would have been a disaster, but uh, everything worked out great, incredibly beautiful family. And then ultimately we ended up doing one in new Orleans. They asked us to come out and be a, what they call banded brothers of a bunch of builders to go out to new Orleans and we built a house and a church out there in 2008, I think it was. And then in 2010, we finally got it back to Fargo-Moorhead area. And this incredible city rallied. And we built a, a beautiful home for the Gramsciths here in Moorhead. That was, and guys, only a few builders in the world can say they did one. We did three. 
in this beautiful community. So mm. that t- tells you that the work ethic of this incredible uh, community that we live in, that LA wants us to do three, not just one, but three, not to mention I'm working with them now. I'm possibly doing another one, which I shouldn't have said that out loud. I was going to so say, is that spoiler <laughs> Is that a spoiler alert? <laughs> so let's, just forget, let's just forget the convo for now. Okay, okay. All right, I got you, got you, got you. It's totally, it's totally. I have no idea. Cooper, edit that out. Okay, all right. No, no. It's, let's, pro- let's protect Tyrone's, uh, you know, accountability. It's cool. <laughs> no, that, man, that, that's, that's an awesome story. I Like, you know, earlier when we were talking to you, you talked about, um, you know, leading by faith and doing things by faith, not by fear. And, like, just hearing how you, like, you know, got, you know, trying to figure out how to get in, in contact with these people because they were doing the tour and like you're saying to yourself, I don't know if this is going to work, but you're still doing it though. You know, you're still going through and, and still going through the, <clears throat> the necessary steps. And it, like they had your information up, your company information up and here you send an email. So I just, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah. You know what? It, it is. It is awesome that, you know, just like you guys have all learned, you know, just keep stepping forward. Just-